Hello, everybody. Hope everybody's doing good. It's episode 24 of Dreadful Talk, that time of the week. I'm really excited about this one for a couple reasons. Um, as you can see, getting closer to the holiday season. Got the little tree over there. I got another tree over there, but it's barely in view. Got the stockings hanging up. Man, we're festive around here. I don't... I know some people start to see Christmas decorations and hear Christmas songs on the radio and stuff and kind of roll their eyes, but uh, we're definitely pro-Christmas having a good time and holidays having a good time over here. Um, not even really religious, but I just, I honestly like love all the things about Christmas. Like I'm just, I feel like a kid. I love Christmas lights. I love stockings. I love decorations, all that stuff. So we get in the Christmas spirit over here, the holiday spirit. And uh, yeah, man, looking forward to this one. Rolling solo this week. Rolling solo this week. I got a couple different reasons why I'll get to that. Um, I like to do it every now and again. Um, it's, man, doing a solo podcast versus doing a get, like a, a podcast with a guest is so different. And I just want to make sure I kind of keep my tools sharp and keep that skill set in there. Um, but yeah, thanks for everybody tuning in. Episode 24 of Dreadful Talk. Going solo this week. As usual, this episode is brought to you by Zach Brown. Who is Zach Brown, you may ask? Zach Brown is a man in Oklahoma that can help you with real estate, property insurance, and life insurance. All three, baby. One-stop shop. Zach Brown can help you with your real estate, your property insurance, and your life insurance. Just overall, make sure your family's taken care of, making sure you, you know, you're making the right moves financially. And um, you can reach him at 405 405- 255-7867-405-255-7867. That's Zach Brown. It'll be a pleasure to work with. Great man, great friend of the show. And yeah. Got me a little iced coffee, so if I'm a little I don't know, caffeine affects the hell out of me. I'm one of those people, I don't drink coffee like every single day, so like I have like a low tolerance, so I get like essentially cracked out whenever I'm on coffee, but it's all good. I'll balance it out. You got this life's all about balance. I know some of y'all may think my bones real dirty and gross. Believe it or not, it's been recently cleaned. That's how bad it is. But uh, yeah, let's get this show on the road. Let's get this party started. Y'all, if you at home watching or listening, feel free to take a rip with me. Let's get this party started right. Yeah, and I, I want to take a second to make sure that everybody is following me on all the platforms. So I need everybody pretty much stop what you're doing. Go subscribe on YouTube to Dreadful Talk Podcast and Beefy Boys Breakdown. Both of those are mine. I need you to do the same on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, wherever you get your audio at. Um, we're, we're also on those platforms as well. Um, just go support and then as for the Dreadful Talk um, podcast social media, it's at Dreadful Talk Dom on Instagram and Twitter, and then Dreadful Talk Podcast on Facebook. For Beefy Boys Breakdown, it's um, Beefy Boys Breakdown on Facebook, at Beefy Breakdown on Twitter, and then on Instagram, you can just follow me and Harrison, um, aka the other Beefy Boys, uh, the other Beefy Boy, um, on Instagram directly. So on mine is just at Dreadful Talk Dom. And then you can follow Harrison at Harrison underscore Madden, just like the football video game Madden. Harrison underscore Madden. Appreciate y'all just 
show support, you know, share the material. Let's get the word out, y'all. Um, I appreciate everybody that follows um, and, and just supports the what we're doing here. And yeah, for those of you that may not be aware, I do indeed have two podcasts. That's why I got the two separate logos behind me. Um, I got the Dreadful Talk, which you're actually, believe it or not, watching Dreadful Talk podcast. This is episode 24 of Dreadful Talk. And that's my logo for Dreadful Talk. And then I also have Beefy Boys Breakdown over there. Dreadful Talk is real miscellaneous, essentially whatever the hell I want it to be about. And uh, Beefy Boys Breakdown is all about the UFC, baby. We're big UFC fans. We uh, recap every fight the day after they take place. And, um, oh, yeah, man. And, uh, yeah, shout out to Harrison. He's watching live right now on Instagram. I I do the shows live on Instagram, so that's why it's important that you follow us. um, Follow me here at, at Dreadful Talk Dom. And then I'll, I, I take the video and audio and then take it to those other platforms. But if you want to be the very first one and watch it live, see the errors, see the, see the fun we're having live, be a part of the action, we stream every episode of both Beefy Boys and Dreadful Talk live on Instagram. So, yeah, that's, a, that's another way to, um, you know, consume if you're interested in that, if you're, you know, big on the social media. Also, see this sexy-ass shirt I'm rocking. They are available to purchase. We just got these in the Beefy Boys merch, man. We th- Shout out to everybody that supported and got one of the Blue Dreadful Talk shirts. That was a lot of fun as well. I personally think this is a better looking shirt. You know, there's a lot more going on. I wanted to avoid, you know, some people may ask why I went with blue and yellow and these, these crazy colors. Because, like, I don't know about y'all, but I do not need any more black tees in my closet. I have so many. Every brand, every company, everybody just makes black. I feel you. It looks good. It's simple. It matches everything. But I have so many black tees. I do not need more black. I'm like, I am not fucking Sid from Toy Story. I don't need to be wearing all black. Fucking people think, might think I work at Hot Topic or something. So I, I, as much as everybody loves a good black t-shirt, I admit they look good, classic, cool, whatever. I did not want to have another black t-shirt. I want to kind of stand out from the crowd. I wanted to, um, you know, just, I wanted to, whenever you're looking at your shirts in your closet, you'll instantly know this is that beefy boy's hitter right there for you. Um, yes, sir. Yeah, yeah. They're going for $30 plus $5 shipping, you know. If you're if you're somebody that's always sharing the links and real active and in, in your support, I'm sure we can maybe work out a little homie hookup or something. Maybe help you out on that shipping or something you've been supporting. Um, yeah, yeah, but uh, man, get your beefy boys breakdown merch. We got size small through double XL shipping um, all across the U.S. Um, you'll get you can even get a tracking number so you can keep track of it. Make sure you know everything's on the up and up. We'll take care of you. But, uh, but yeah, soup, man, this, I love these. I love these so damn much. So I got size um, small through XL. You, if, you, if you're interested, the, the website's not currently live, but you can just DM um, me or Harrison on any of those social medias that I listed, and, and, and we'll make sure you get taken care of for sure. We take payment through Venmo, Zelle, PayPal. Uh, Harrison has Cash App. I don't personally use Cash App, but I think Harrison can get you on the Cash App. So either way... Like, however we need to accommodate you, we can definitely make sure that happens. Um, and also want to take a second to say that, like, you know, if you wanted to promote your small business, 
even a, a social media account you're trying to get off the ground, even another podcaster, if you have a small business, big business, it doesn't matter. We You can um, purchase sponsorship slots here at, at a, either Dreadful Talk or Beefy Boys Breakdown. It's all greatly appreciated. I, essentially, your money gets reinvested into the podcast, that, um, you know, more merch, better quality equipment, stuff like that. So, um you know, we can do like funny kind of improv reads uh, for your business. We can do a scripted read that way. It's, you know, professional. Everywhere. Everything's the way exactly how you want it. Or we can even throw a graphic up on the screen um, before and or after the YouTube videos. If that's another way I'm interested in um, even posting Instagram ads. But super reasonable rates, you know, get in while, it, while it's still reasonable. Because you know what I'm saying? When this pops, then price is going up. So get in on the ground floor. Yeah, either Beefy Boys and or Dreadful Talk. Um, we are still looking for sponsors and we will represent your business, your whatever it is you want us to represent. We'll do it to the fullest. You know what I mean? It'll, it'll be a good look. You'll get in front of audiences on YouTube, on Instagram, on um, Spotify, Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts. We're on all the platforms. So those are all, that's like, it's almost like, you know, radio advertising, you know, like you get in front of a broad audience. Um, and like I said, we'll lock you in at, at, at a really reasonable rate. Um, so, yeah, we are looking for sponsors. Shout out. Like I said, once again, you can DM at Dreadful Talk Dom, um, at Beefy Breakdown on Twitter. Uh, you'll find either of the of the Facebook pages. Um, just feel free to reach out and, and we can definitely, you know, collaborate and, you know, we can help each other out. Oh man, yeah, and um, I don't know anybody watching on YouTube, I keep getting close to the screen. Like I said, I do do these live on Instagram and, and people comment and it's it's always a, a tough balance for me because I don't want to just be straight interacting with the Instagram people Be uh, and you know, it can be awkward for those that watch later on YouTube or whatever, but uh, uh, at the same time, you know, it's, it's part of the advantages of, of watching live on Instagram here at, at Dreadful Talk Dom. So if you're watching on one of those other platforms and you want to be kind of part of more a part of the action, definitely check out one of the live shows. I, I typically do Dreadful Talks live on Wednesday. I know they get uploaded on other platforms typically on Thursday and Friday, but I typically go live on Wednesday. Um, Typically uh, between ten and noon on West Coast, but sometimes I go in the evening if that accommodates my guests better. If I'm if I'm having a guest that week or whatever, but yeah, we do we cover a wide range of topics here on Dreadful Talk. I've had everything from authors to professors to fighters to rappers to days like today where I rock it solo, and so so it's, you never know what you're gonna get on Dreadful Talk. We keep it fresh. We, we keep it moving, and uh, and like I said, for fight fans, for MMA fans, for UFC fans, Beefy Boys Breakdown is the show for you. It's a little more niche. I know, you know, not everybody's a UFC fan, and, and that's fine, but uh, man, I mean, it's a fantastic sport. I mean, I, but uh, it's growing. It's growing. Like, I, football will always be number one for me. I love my Oakland days, and I love my Thunder and I love my OU Sooners college football, but man, MMA is, is jumping those other sports for me. I just, I love it so much. Um, you know, it's a very cerebral, respectful game. I know it gets like kind of um, portrayed as barbaric or, you know, cavemanish or, or just violent. And it can be. We've seen some gnarly things, you know. Uh, only if you consider somebody's ear getting ripped off violent. But, you know, that's, that's part of it. But it really is just a 90% of those dudes are super respectful, super smart. Just great, great people. It's a great sport. So even if you don't think you're a traditional UFC fan, maybe check it out. 
and uh, and check out an episode of Beefy Boys Breakdown. Um, yeah. Also, like I said, man. Um, here, you know what? We gonna have a good time on this here show. We usually like to have a beverage or two on 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 the show. And this week we got the Sierra Nevada 2020 celebration. And uh, they, they release like a winter beer every year. This is their 2020 version. They're kind of like an IPA. It's nice. I swear, like those, those leaves start changing colors. And all I want to drink is ciders and IPAs. And then like in the summertime, it's all about like Coronas and Modellos and Seltzers and stuff for me. But uh, yeah, that, I see those leaves changing and I just want something heavier, something, I don't know, a little, a little more flavor. Oh yeah, but um, yeah. Like I said, if you're a sponsor, even you can uh, you can become a patron on Anchor. You can uh, either go to Anchor.com and find the podcast, or you can um, download the app Anchor. It's a podcast app for audio podcasts, and um, and you can become a patron. There's one dollar, five dollar, and ten dollar a month packages, and it's awesome. Um, it's I, the the money you give me it goes straight back into the podcast just to improve the quality. And improve the marketing um, to try to just reach a greater audience and to deliver a better product to you guys. To, um, so you, you you can become a patron and directly donate to the show, and, and um, like I said, or you can you can purchase some merch as well. But but what that money goes towards? What I what I say improve the quality. You may notice something a little different this week. Um, I got the um, usually I have like the old school Bluetooth thing, uh, and 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 man, honestly, I just wasn't happy with the quality of the audio. Um, I've been unhappy for for about a month now. I, I was giving it a shot. I um I just mainly liked the fact that it was wireless and it was relatively cheap. And because uh, you know what I mean, I'm fidgety. I like to move. I don't like to be sitting still or tied to something. I like to be far away from the camera too, so you can see the whole setup. So wireless. That was the main reason I was using that thing for the wireless capabilities. But um, you know, I wasn't really happy with the sound. I wanted to improve. Um, the quality just because uh, like I said not everybody's watching the video some people are consuming only on audio and on the audio only one just with that low quality it, it was kind of brutal so anybody that listened on the audio platform and stuck it out through those old days you're you're the real MVP but it should improve I got these new airpods I, I've been debating you know what I wanted to invest in what I wanted to use to improve the quality and, and, you know, there's a million options out there, a million brands. Um, you know, I considered moving away from mobile, getting more of a traditional podcast mic. But, you know, this camera's so good. And then the ability to go live on Instagram, I really like. So, you know, I, I wanted to maybe keep it mobile. And uh, and then I've just, you know, I've been watching a lot of ESPN, you know, the draft, NBA drafts coming up. And, you know, I've been watching just, you know, I, I'm a sports fan. I've been watching ESPN. And, and essentially, like a lot of people are working from home now, as you can imagine, during the pandemic. And, and like, so they have these people from home, and I noticed they're always just using AirPods. Like, these professional ass, like, getting paid a lot of money to talk. Like, like, and I'm just sitting here thinking, like, well, you know, like, sometimes you don't, when you make a decision, like, you don't need to just outsmart yourself. Like, Essentially, if it's good enough for them, it's good enough for me, right? Like I'm watching an episode of Joe Rogan and his guest has AirPods in or, you know, Joey Diaz, his guest has AirPods in. I'm like, well, who the fuck am I to think I need something better than, than them? And you know what I mean? So they, I hope I hope it's sounding good to everybody. This is the first episode with the new AirPods. They're hella comfortable. Um, I think 
It should be good, too, because there's two mics, right, I believe. So, like, the other one only had a mic on one side. So, I don't know. I really hope the audio is sounding better to everybody. Um, I had um, Harrison's viewing live. He said they were sounding good. But I know he he's my buddy. He made us be being nice. So, you know, leave a comment. It, whether you're watching on YouTube or, um, you know, if, if you're on my Instagram, leave a comment. Let me know how the audio is sounding. And, um, and yeah, no, I, I appreciate everybody tuning in. Like I said, I want to deliver a good quality product to y'all. And you can and you can directly influence that. Help a brother out. Help the show out by you know becoming a patron on Anchor, um, or becoming a sponsor, or buying some of the sick ass Beefy Boys merch. So yeah, I mean, I, like I said, I I started at humble beginnings. We we've steadily steadily just increased the quality. Learned on the fly. Tried to make it better every episode. So. And we're going to continue to do that, man. Uh, you know, just keep, keep going up. Sometimes it may get a little slow. Sometimes it may seem like baby steps. But, you know, we're chugging along, making progress. And I am super thankful. And I couldn't be happier with everybody that's just been a part, whether you've been a guest, whether you've been a viewer, whether you bought a shirt. Just thank you so much. It's been a lot of fun. You know, tell your friends. Let's, let's, let's just make, build a community. That's what I found, even just being a fan of other podcasts. It's like a community thing, right? Like, you find somebody else that listens to the same podcast you do or you like show a podcast to your friend and the next thing you know they're like a big fan of it it's like this cool camaraderie this like it's almost like like a book club or so y'all can talk about oh did you hear what they said this and it's, it's really cool it's uh you can be maybe have some inside jokes you're in on with the buddies so yeah definitely you know share the podcast with your friends i appreciate everybody um so no it took a while to get here but it's all good i ain't no rush Oh, I know some people are like, he's drinking water, beer, and coffee. What a disgusting fucker, man. They each, they each serve their own purpose. It's not like I'm like mixing them all together in my mouth and swishing it around. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so I was sitting around this week. I have like a, a constant list of like podcast topics and guests I want to have on it. Cause like that way I think of it, I can instantly put it in my phone and, and, uh, you know, I think you get these ideas, these inspirations as you're watching something, having a conversation, whatever. And so I have this constant list that's always growing, shrinking, tweaking, adjusting, like every day almost I mess with it. And uh, and so I have, you know, I have this long list of topics. Like I like, you know, I knew I knew I wanted this week to be a solo episode. I I it's been a while since I've done a solo episode and I um I've had a lot of guests recently and I just I wanted and I have a guest scheduled for next week that'll be a lot of fun for y'all. But uh so I, I definitely wanted to take this week. I knew I wanted to do a solo one, but I'm like, man, what am I going to talk about? What am I going to talk about? And then like, uh, sometimes life just has a way of just kind of, you know, you think you're in charge, but it's like, boom, this is what's happening this week. And that's what happened to me. Y'all it's like, like truth is stranger than fiction. Like something happened to me that I could never make up or that I could never really do justice if I was writing fiction. Like, honestly, I feel like if this happened in a show or in a movie, people would be, like, rolling their eyes saying, like, yeah, right. And so, like, I just got to share this with y'all. You know, some parts are going to be a little funny. Some parts are going to be a little serious. You know, I'm not trying to get too heavy. This is a real story, though, that happened to me. This is as real as it gets. I'm sharing it with y'all. I, uh, yeah, truth is stranger than fiction. I, I was thinking of topics for this week. 
And then this happened, and I was like, like, and then I, I was debating. I was like, should I talk about this on the podcast? Is this too personal? You know, do people want to hear this? And I was just like, I couldn't think of anything else. Like, this is what's happening in my life right now, and this is what I'm bringing to y'all. You know what I mean? Buckle up. Take a ride with me. And uh, you know what? Definitely going to need this before we get started. So the start of the story, we got to take it way back, way back. And I've, I tell this story in greater detail back on episode seven of Dreadful Talk, the My Life Story episode. So I'm going to give a kind of Cliff Notes version here. If this sounds like interesting, sounds like something that you want to you know, know more about, <coughs> go back and check out episode seven. And actually, since I've been spending so much time talking about how we've been trying to work hard to improve the quality, go back and watch episode seven and you'll see how far we've come. We, we, we work hard to try to, you know, present y'all a better show. But uh, yeah, so, so like I said, I'm going to go over this kind of briefly. If, if some of it's not making sense, if you want to dig deeper on it, go back, check out episode seven. It's on YouTube. It's on all the platforms I've been listing. Um, so yeah, if you, I'm gonna kind of gloss over this, but if you want more details on some of this episode seven, go check it out. It's like my whole life story. If you want to know more about who the fuck I am and how I ended up so fucked up, but uh, so that being said, back when I was 15, I was 15 years old. I was about to go into the, I think I just turned 15. I think I was about to go into the 10th grade, maybe 10th grade just started. Um, I don't even think I had my dreads yet. I think it was like right before I started my dreads. I was baby Dom, no no, no chin hairs, nothing, little guy. And, um, and I was 15 and I found out the guy I grew up calling dad, the guy whose name is on my birth certificate, I found out he wasn't my dad. Had my very own little Mari episode. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You are not the father. And that happened to me. Uh, boring government details as to why it happened. But but when I was 15, took a DNA test, found out the guy I called dad my whole life wasn't my dad. And, uh, you know, crazy. That alone is, is crazy. Kind of truth is stranger than fiction. You know what I'm saying? That shit happens to people. Happened to me. Um, and, and, you know, he, he told me, he's like, you know, son, you're still my son, you know, nothing changes, you know, like, uh, I got you still like, like, you know what I mean? Trying to reassure me. Cause you, as you can imagine, I was kind of panicking and, and, you know, he said all the right things. It just goes to show, you know, sometimes words are hollow. Um, so starting that day up until that point, we always told each other, I love you. After that day, I shit you not, he never told me I love you again. Real story. Fucked up. I know, right? But, you know, I I was starting to get older and I was, you know, the whole young trying to be tough and cool shit. Like, I don't fucking care if my dad tells me he loves me. Like, you know, I, I wasn't about to admit that that shit bothered me, but it did. But you, you're young. You're trying to be tough. You're trying to be cool. You know, that ain't something that you're talking about, you know? And, um... And so, you know, as soon as he found out that I wasn't biologically his... Now... Keep in mind, he still bought my school clothes. You know, I think he paid for my phone bill. He he did things financially for me, which I am grateful for. And I don't want any of that to get lost here. Grateful for that. But he never told me he loved me again after that day when I was 15. 
And like I would even say it to him and he just like wouldn't say it back. And then so I fast forward a couple of years. I think I'm like 19 years old. I'm in college. I'm playing football at Oklahoma Baptist University. Shout out the Bison. Shout out Coach Jason Milo. Man, he's a good ass man. If if you if you a football player that that you know you you're in high school and you may not be getting any good offers letters. You know you're feel you're under recruited. Follow Jason Milo on Instagram. Send that man your film. He'll make something happen for you. He's a good man. I mean, no guarantees. If you trash, you trash. But your boy wasn't trash. And he, 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 he looked out for your boy. It helped me accomplish my dream of playing college football. Ever since I was a little bitty boy. That's how you know I grew up in Oklahoma. A kid grows up in the Bay or L.A. or most other places. You grow up, your goal is to be in the NFL. I grew up in Norman, Oklahoma, essentially, and, and from like age, you know, eleven on, and so like that's like the home of the OU Sooners, and the OU Sooners, I mean, that's the biggest show in town. Those guys are superstars. Like, I remember when Agent Peterson was in college, like Phil Lodehole, all those guys, Curtis Lofton, that generation of OU guys. You know, I was young. You see them around town. It was like seeing a celebrity. Like, we would have rather seen them than seeing our favorite rapper. And so, like, my whole dream growing up, I wanted to be a college football player. And I, I, I got a chance to, you know, accomplish that. Obviously, on a smaller scale, I'm not going to sit here and tell you playing at OBU is the same as playing at LSU or Alabama. Duh. Like, I'm not going to try to, you know, cap, make it out to be more than it is. But if you ask me, I, I lived out my childhood dream. And so, I'm at OBU. It's probably like 2013, I think. And, and, and my dad buys me a truck. The guy I grew up calling dad. And uh, he buys me a truck. It's a, it's a black GMC, just kind of single cab, pretty simple truck. Nice truck, but simple truck. And, but boy, I thought it was the cleanest thing on planet Earth. I had some tins in it, which eventually got stolen. It might have been an omen. But... Uh, I lived in a sketchy tweaker neighborhood in Shawnee, Oklahoma, and I, like, literally my neighborhood, we called it zombie land. There was just tweakers and junkies everywhere, so I, I, I should have known better. But anyway, I got my, my, my beats stolen out of my truck when I was in college, but I was in college, I got this truck, pretty nice truck, you know, thankful for it. Hell yeah, man, you know, like, he was, he was still looking out financially, but there was, like, this emotional gap had grown. And so... It, and then and then in 2016, a few years later, I still have the truck where that's whenever I move out here to Cali, move out here to the Bay. And when I move out here to the Bay, it essentially marks the point when we stop talking all together. Like one year I called this man on Christmas morning. And shit, you know, like I, and I already said earlier in the podcast, Christmas means a lot to me. I'm all about Christmas spirit. Like I love that shit. Call me corny, whatever. That shit makes me happy as fuck. I'm a Christmas guy. And um, called my dad on Christmas morning. He answers the phone. He said, what do you want? I, I can't make that up. Like, what do you want? And, and you know what I'm saying? I'm like, well, you know what I'm saying? It's Christmas. Just call it to say Merry Christmas. So he started shitting on me and shit. And then for the, for the past, like, four years, little to no conversation. Every time we would talk, he would just like tell me to cut my hair and quit smoking weed or just say some smart ass little comment or just be a dick. And, and like I said, once again, had to, at this point, we're getting close to 10 years without saying he loved me. And uh, 
So, and those of you that know me and, and maybe, you know, those of you that don't, I, I, I can have a little bit of an ego. I'll be real. I, I can be, you know, I, I, I'm not really like a begging type of person. Like, 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 seriously, like, I always never had a problem moving on from people, you know, like whether it was young when I was single or or just with just people that wasn't beneficial to my life. I've always been able to cut people off like pretty easy. Like, that's just, I don't know. And, but, you know, obviously that's not something you want to do to the guy you grew up calling dad, the guy who held you, you know, when you first came out of the womb, like, like, like now I realize he's not biologically my dad, but you know what I'm saying? It's confusing. You know what I mean? Like he don't really fuck with me no more, but I still had this like strange loyalty. Cause like, I mean, it's your dad, right? I mean, or, or is it, or I mean, you know what I mean? It's, it's weird. It's like, it's a weird place for a relationship to be in. And then, uh, so I eventually earlier, like about at the start of the pandemic, I had I, like written him off. He said something one day that was the straw that broke the camel's back. Like he hadn't talked to me in five years. He hadn't said Merry Christmas in five years and he comments on one of my Facebook posts telling me not to cuss. I shit you not. Sounds stupid, sounds small, set me off. I was like, that's the starter broke the camel's back. Like I told him to fuck off. Like I told him like lose my number. Like I like fuck you. Like like you ain't like like I'm done like begging, pretending, all that shit. Like I'm not about to beg nobody. Like, like, I'm good. I got my own family and I'm grown. I don't need you. Like, we good. Like, fuck off. Like, we good. We cool. I'm cool on all that. And some could say that's wrong. I felt it was the right move to make for me and my mental health, my emotional health, you know, my family. Like, like, do I want, And you know, if I have a kid in a couple of years, do I want my kid calling him grandpa and wondering my, my grandpa don't love me? Or do I want my kid to not even know that? And I've kind of made the decision that when I had children, I didn't want to even expose them to that kind of fake love and confusion and, and fucked up shit that fucked with my head. And so I was like, well, I might as well do it now. So I cut that off. Boom. Like, fuck all the way off. Keep in mind, the truck was paid off by this point. And, um, and then, you know, he, he obviously stopped paying my phone. But I was like, that's cool. I went and got my own phone. I got this phone that I'm filming this on right now. Newer, better phone. Wasn't tripping. And, and so, yeah, so, so we're good. Right. And then even, so at the start of the pandemic, he had even sent me the title signed over to put the truck in my name so I can start putting Cali plates on it and shit. Cause I, this whole time I had had Oklahoma plates on it, which was kind of sketchy and illegal, but like I was caught in this weird limbo where the truck was still in my dad's name. So I couldn't register here in Cali. And it was like this weird part of like gray area of the law. And like, uh, so I finally had him sign the truck over to me. I had the title with the signature on it saying like, it's no longer his. That's my property. Pandemic hits like literally, I think two days before I get the title in the mail. The DMV closes down. The Bay Area had these strict lockdowns. If you don't live here in California, I'm sure you've seen about it on the news. Some of the strictest lockdowns in the nation. Um, DMV closed down. Um, there was like an over month long wait list on the, uh, on the thing. So, 
So I have this paper that's like this, it, but it's not ratified or certified or whatever the fucking word is that the DMV does to it to make it like official law, like it's officially yours now. Never got a chance to happen only because the pandemic hit literally like two days after I got that shit in the mail or before or something like that. Like at the same exact time, I'm not even like, once again, truth is stranger than fiction. Can't even make that up. So fast forward a couple months, we're like a couple months into the pandemic and my truck gets stolen. I wake up, I wake up, my truck was parked on the street, but like right in front of my house. I live in like downtown San Jose essentially. And like, uh, it was parked in front of my house. I woke up and that shit was gone. There was no broken glass. I didn't hear anything. I think we were even sleeping with the door open. I think it was still like summertime. No, and I'm like, how did I not hear this? How did they even do it? And, and I was like, who would steal this truck? The truck by this point, it's like a lot of years after I got it. It was beat the fuck up. Like I had not been that good to that truck. I'll be real. It was beat the fuck up. Like the tailgate was missing. It got stolen at Amigos concert. That's a whole nother ratchet story in and of itself. Maybe I should have Dom's ratchet story hour or something. But like, yeah, my tailgate got stolen at Amigos concert in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. That's another story. But so like the tailgate, I had like this wooden, like bootleg ass homemade tailgate. I had like my friend's dad had made or something. It was, and it was like, who would steal this truck? It had Oklahoma plates on it. I was like, who's going to steal a truck with out of town plates? Like that's hot. Like I was like, nothing was adding up to me. But I, months went by, I filed a police report. Police never found it. That, like I think close to five months went by and didn't hear nothing. I eventually get another car, just kind of move on with my life, kind of, you know, say charge it to the game. Um, and, and yeah, just, and so, and keep in mind, it's like this neighborhood I live in, it, it's not the greatest neighborhood, but it's also not like the straight, like hood ghetto, like, like, like it's a pretty good neighborhood, but like, you know, like there's some homeless, you know, there's some spray paint gangsters. That's what I like to call them. Like, Ain't no gangsters ever to be seen anywhere, pulling anybody's card, banging no colors, selling no dope, selling no pussy, nothing. But somehow shit's always getting spray painted. These motherfuckers like come out in the middle of the night and spray paint shit in, in downtown San Jose trying to act like they gangbang. But like literally every other hour of the day, they, they only gangbang between like two and five in the morning on like corners like of like warehouses where nobody's at like it's it's so stupid but anyway part-time ass spray paint gangsters so it's like it's not the greatest neighborhood but it's also not the worst neighborhood but like my family's been on this block since the 60s and no car's ever been stolen and then my truck happens to be the first one in like what is that 50 years of history of my family being at this house first truck gets stolen is mine suspicious right but i mean hell i didn't have no proof well i mean what am i supposed to do be a fucking detective you want me to go buy a goofy fucking hat and a, a pipe and, and you know what i'm saying like like i thought that's what my tax dollars was for i don't know i figured it was and also keep in mind so the neighborhood i live in there is nothing but like mexican and vietnamese little like mechanic shops like there's literally probably a hundred of them within like a mile, square mile. And I'm like, man, my truck's probably chopped. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like just keeping it a buck. Like, like I was like, man, like that, my truck's probably already been sold for parts or scrapped or chopped or whatever the fuck they do with it. I don't know about that shit. But like, I, I you know, I guess giving up. I was just giving up, you know, um, 
I just, you know, I, I figured, you know, you said I was never going to see that truck again. They was never going to find it. It just, it is what it is. It sucks. I took the L. I just move on, right? Like, what else can you really do, right? Hadn't really been giving it much thought. And then, I forget what even day it was. It was like, what, two or three days ago. Shit was like a whirlwind, a blur. I get a call. Actually, I look on my phone and I have a missed call from like a San Jose number, like a California number. And I honestly still don't like mess with that many people out here. Like it's rare that I get a call from like an unknown San Jose number. And so I, I answer, or, or I, I call it back. In the back of my head, I'm like, hmm, because like that day I filed the police report, the police were like, you know, keep an eye out for a San Jose number. If we find your truck or something, we'll call you. And so I, in the back of my head, I was like, hmm, is, is this something about my truck? I call, the guy answers, this is detective such and such. I wish I would have remembered his name because he's a fucking asshole. And, uh, but he, detective such and such. And, uh, and, and I was like, I, I honestly got started to get a big smile. I was like, oh shit, did y'all find my truck? Like, I was like, did y'all find my truck? And, and then he's like, well, uh, we did, but, uh, Here's the situation. The guy I grew up calling dad, Matthew Adrian Garrett. If you see him, tell him I said, fuck you, eat a bag of dicks. Matthew Adrian Garrett. I, I, my name is Dominic Rossetti Garrett. As I, get the, I still have the Garrett from his on my last name. Not for much longer, changing that. But anyway, uh, the guy I grew up calling dad took me home from the from the fucking hospital he flew out here and drove my truck back to Oklahoma he was the one that stole my fucking truck I shit you not on some Matt Barnes drive 9 hours to whoop a nigga ass this nigga fucking his psycho little weirdo got on a Matt Barnes tip got on an airplane in a pandemic Flew from Oklahoma to Cali and then apparently drove the motherfucker back. I man, I don't even know if that motherfucker can make it back to Oklahoma. I think the tires was almost bald. Motherfucker probably needed an oil change. I wouldn't even have driven that bitch. Motherfucking, I wouldn't even have driven that bitch back to Oklahoma. Man. But I, I, hope, I hope he did get a flat tire, that fucking cocksucker. But he... This psycho little motherfucker, keep in mind, he's like a five foot five little white dude, fat white dude. In the middle of the night, this fool came at like three, four in the morning, which once again, if you ain't doing nothing sketchy, if what you're doing is so right, why are you doing it in the middle of the night being a sneaky little bitch about it for? But this motherfucker really did it. He really did it. Like, like that's some determination to say the least. Like, it's definitely putting that effort into, like, the wrong energy. But that motherfucker's determined. He pulled off a Mission Impossible. He pulled off a multi-state heist against his son. I mean, do I have to say hats off? Like, I mean, Jesus Christ. That's, I mean, it's kind of impressive. I mean, it's the lowest of lows and just the pettiest of petties and just... I mean, obviously super fucked up, but Jesus Christ, what a little fucking maniacal little criminal mastermind he is. He fucking pulled it off, and he pulled it off so well that the detective was like mad at me 
The detective was treating me like I was a scumbag. It, it was being an asshole to me. So, Jesus Christ, what a manic manipulative, maniacal little fucker. That fool flew from Oklahoma City, Oklahoma to San Jose, California. Probably, I imagine, took an Uber to fucking here at like 3 in the morning, 4 in the morning, and then took off in the truck and got away with it. The police on his side, they think I'm the scumbag. Oh, man. So, like I said, truth is stranger than fiction. I, I, I net, my jaw dropped so, like, like fucking, like the movie Mask, when his jaw dropped and the tongue flops out. Whenever he told me that, I was like, what? Who? <laughs> like, oh my God. He did it. It was, it was him. The guy grew up calling dad. Stole, is the one that stole my motherfucking truck. I thought it was some chop shop or some gang bangers. It was a five foot five short fat white man from Oklahoma, man. What in the fuck? So, like I said, y'all, I had to share that with you. I had to get it off my chest. Call it therapy. Call it an entertaining story for y'all. Call it what you will. I just, like I said, like I was sitting here trying to think of like, you know, should I do In-N-Out versus Whataburger? <laughs> and then like this shit happens. And I'm like, how am I supposed to talk about anything else? This shit is crazy. Like I said, if this shit happened on a fucking, you know what I'm saying, episode of Shame. It's like some Shameless. I feel like it's like some Frank Gallagher. Like if Frank Gallagher had a vendetta. Like, like this is like, this is like some, my life is episode of Shameless mixed with Mari. Mixed with Jesus fucking Christ. We'll see. I, I, I'd like the final chapter to be like Bloodsport or, you know, Mortal Kombat or something. I'd love to get my hands on that little motherfucker. But, you know, to, to TBD, to be determined, to be continued. You know what I'm saying? Uh, next week on the Ratchet Stories of Dom, does he go catch a fade? But no, seriously, like, holy shit. Like I said, I was sitting here thinking, trying to think of topics. I knew I was going to do a solo episode and then... The universe plops this on my lap, and I was like, man, people ain't going to believe this. this. I was like, this is a story of all stories, but 100% true, 0% fabrication. That time my dad stole my truck. I feel like that's like an episode of Always Sunny in Philadelphia or some shit, but uh, yeah, my dad stole my truck, y'all. I guess the next step is to write a country song about it, right? Uh I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's how I can win in the end. I mean, I write. I'll, I'll be the next Nas X. Write a country song called "My Dad Stole My Pickup," and you know, as long as it makes more money than the truck's worth, I come out winning, right? I come out on top. That's how you flip an L into a win, yo. But, uh, but yeah, no. In all seriousness, I just had to share this with y'all. I figured some of y'all would get a kick out of it. Maybe, you know, I don't know. I know I would want to hear that story. Like, when I told all my friends, they were just like, are you fucking serious? Like, nobody could really believe it. I mean, I don't really believe it. Like, nobody believed it. Like, it's truth is stranger than fiction. Theme of this week's episode. Uh, life and Times, the chronicles of the ratchet life of Dom and his crazy-ass family problems. 
We all got him. We all got him. But Jesus Christ did this manifest in a peculiar way. Episode 24 of Dreadful Talk Podcast. And just thank you for everybody that tuned in live. Everybody that's subscribed to my YouTube. If not, go subscribe at Dreadful Talk Podcast. Help a brother out. And uh, yeah, we're going to keep this rolling. Part one of this was like this ratchet story about my dad stealing my truck. So um, if you haven't seen that, go check it out. Um, and now we're going to kind of totally pivot, totally unrelated, but it is something I wanted to do on this episode. And we're going to do a UFC 255 preview. So I have another podcast, Beefy Boys Breakdown, the shirt I'm repping, this logo right here. Beefy Boys Breakdown, the day after every single fight, we recap everything that happened. You know, we have a good time. We tell stories. We laugh. But uh, it's, it's post-fight. So we recap the actual facts, what took place. We never really get into much of like, you know, predicting the next week's fights or anything like that, or else it would be a five hour long podcast. So um, I want to do that here on, on this platform, my Dreadful Talk platform that you're currently watching. I, I want to take a second to do a, a UFC 255 preview. Um, this isn't the flashiest card, um, you know, not the biggest names on it per se. So I want to give you a reason to be excited about it. So I, I'm excited. We're going to go over, actually, I see a couple nice upsets that potentially bet on this weekend. And then we're just going to talk about, you know, how we think the two championship fights are going to go down. So, yeah, UFC 255 preview. Um, it is going to be a pay-per-view. It's not necessarily the flashiest card top end. It's a really deep card, though. Really deep card. Even going, there's, there's fighters I know on the early prelims, the UFC Fight Pass prelims. So it's a deep card. Probably more quantity than quality, but there is two belts on the line, so you can't really say, you know, that it's not quality. It's world-class fights, um, just maybe not name cachet-wise, you know. But any fight's fun if you bet on it. So I'm going to give you a couple of nice little bets I think that could, could potentially make you some money this week. If they lose, don't try to come find me. Not a professional here, but I do watch a lot of UFC. I am familiar with these fighters, and I think I could see. I see a, a few upsets that I like, um, um you know, money wise, um, bang for your buck wise, um, and so yeah, yeah, we'll we'll get into the UFC 255 preview. Like I said, if you're if you're a UFC fan, MMA fan out there, go check out Beefy Boys Breakdown, um, on YouTube, on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, Beefy Boys Breakdown, and it's we do recaps of every single fight, even the free ones, not just the pay per views. We do all the fight nights, all the fight islands, every single card. Um, so yeah, Beefy Boys Breakdown, but what we don't do on there is really much predicting and much and much previewing of, of the upcoming fights. And so that's what I wanted to do here, since we don't really get a chance to do it on Beefy Boys Breakdown. So, like I said, totally different from the first part of the episode. Uh, but I'm versatile, baby. Don't try to box me in. I can I can't I can do more than just one thing. I don't even know if that first thing I did was a thing. I was I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what that was. But it was, you know, it, it's it's true is what the fuck it was. So, yeah, we'll leave it at that. Um, but, yeah, so we got some fun fights here. Like I said, I see some, some bettable fights. I'm not going to go through every single fight. Just some of the more of the fighters I'm familiar with. Some some fighters, I think, some fights I think will be good to bet on. You know, think that obviously we'll, we'll go over the championship fights. And, and yeah, so um, first fight to... Um, a, a women's fight that I am absolutely thrilled about. We got Ariana Lipsky, aka the Queen of Violence, one of my favorite nicknames in all of mixed martial arts. Uh, Queen of Violence Lipsky versus Antonina Shevchenko, which you may 
Shevchenko, isn't she the champ? No, you're thinking of her sister, Bullet Valentina Shevchenko, who's actually also fighting on this card, one of the championship fights, and we'll get to her fight as well. So both of the Shevchenko sisters are um, are fighting on this card. So and on a card where you're kind of looking for a little razzle-dazzle, looking for a spark, there's a little storyline, you know, make it add a little intrigue. Um, both of the Shevchenko sis sisters are fighting um, on the same card. Um, I think first and last fight, her first, her sister's the first fight, or no, it's not, I'm talking on my side, but the first one we're going to go over is, is Queen of Violence Lipsky versus Ant Antonina Shevchenko. And um, so Shevchenko's actually lost two out of her last three. I, I should also probably know Lipsky is a plus 140 underdog and Shevchenko is a minus 160 favorite. And this is actually one of the one of the upsets I, I like on, on this card from a betting perspective. I think Lipsky at plus 140 is phenomenal. Um, I think it may get bet down, so I'd honestly probably get while the getting's good. Maybe not, though. Maybe people like betting on that last name, Shevchenko, but I think that's what's happening here. I think that the number is, like, weighted to account for those, like, casuals betting on the name Shevchenko. Um, like, you know, drunk people in Vegas and shit, because I... I don't see an actual really logic for for her being the favorite in this fight. Like honestly, like if I was, granted, I'm not a matchmaker, a uh, line setter, but if I was setting up the line, I would have definitely had Lipsky as the favorite. So that's what I'm saying. I think the fact that even though plus 140 isn't the hugest number, the fact that you're getting her at a plus anything, I think like is pretty impressive. I think the only reason Shevchenko is minus 160 is because of her last name. You know, maybe time will tell. Maybe I eat my words here, but maybe maybe she makes me eat crow. But I don't know. I really think Lipsky is the more dangerous fighter. Um, um, so Shevchenko has lost two out of her last three fights. Um, and one of them was to Roxanne Modafferi, who me and Harrison talk on Beefy Boys Breakdown all the time. We are not a fan of Roxanne Modafferi. She is a pretty credentialed grappler, but in a lot of MMA fights, she looks slow as shit and just like unathletic as shit and out of shape. And so the fact that she lost to Roxanne Modafferi, like, I, whoa, I, I'm biased. I don't like Roxanne Modafferi, but the fact that she lost to her within her last three fights, like, to, and she's a favorite? I don't know about that. And then she also lost to Caitlin Chikagian, which Chikagian's a really good fighter, but Chikagian also has a, some recent losses um, as well. And um, we actually, she fights on the same card Chikagian does, and, and I think she's going to lose, so we'll get to that. So yeah, I mean, her last, she has losses to Chikagian and Montefiore, which it's kind of tricky because those names have cachet in women's MMA. I just don't really think they should. Like, I think they're both hella overrated. I think... Montefiore is overrated, and Chikagian is overrated. Um, so the fact that she has losses to both of those and, and two out of her last three fights were losses to those two fighters, and she's favored over Queen of Violence Lipsky, I just don't get that. I like, I say pound it three to five units on, on Lipsky. I mean, like I said, I mean, uh, MMA betting will humble you. If you if just the minute you think you got something figured out, it'll humble you. But I just... I don't understand that that money line on that. I love Lipsky at plus 140. So, hey, I said it. It's out there. If it's wrong, it's wrong. But, man, I just right now sitting here on on Wednesday, I think the 16th, I think it is. It, or maybe it's definitely Wednesday. Jesus Christ, the pandemic dates will get you. But, uh, but, yeah, man, on Wednesday, the fight's on Saturday. Sitting here today, I love Lipsky at plus 140. Love that bet. Love it, love it, love it. We're going to get into the next um, upset I, I really like on this card. I 
I like this one less. My I definitely this would maybe be like a one or two unit bet as opposed to my my three to five confidence on on Lipsky. But um, I do like this as an upset. I like the number. Um, you got Brandon Raw Dog Roy Val. Once again, maybe I'm just betting on my favorite nicknames because Queen of Violence and Raw Dog are two of my favorite nicknames in the whole UFC. But uh, you know, I but yeah, no Brandon Raw Dog Roy Val plus one sixty five. Versus Brandon Moreno, minus 190 favorite, Moreno's favorite. Um, so Roy Bell is coming off four straight wins, all by submission. Like, that's 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 impressive. Um, that's that's really impressive. Um, Moreno has three fights and um, three wins and one draw in his last four. So he's pretty hot too. He hasn't he hasn't lost in his last four either. It's a great matchmaker. Like the matchmakers did a great job on this one. Um, but you know, four and zero. I'll take four and zero over three zero and one any day. Um, but you know, that's not the the whole story of it. Um, so, but but what I think would be an interesting bet on this, as opposed to the actual money line, just because of oh, okay, and, and so all three of Moreno's wins, including the draw, were all decisions. So. Um, so he's not really much of a finisher. And so I think what you can get a much better number on than the actual money line itself is either betting that Roy Val will get the finish, most likely to sub. Like I bet instead of just betting the Roy Val plus 165, if you bet or maybe just hedge your bet with Roy Val by sub, I think you get a fantastic number or finish or by sub if they let you get that specific with it, depending on where you're placing your bet. I think that's the bet to make. Because if Roy Val wins this fight, I mean, his last four wins are all by sub. So, I mean, if you're just looking at, you know, patterns here, I think Roy Val by sub or Roy Val by finish, I think is a fantastic bet. Um, or... If you're gonna bet Moreno, don't get that shitty minus 190 number. Bet the over 1.5 because the only way he wins this fight is if he doesn't get subbed, which means that it's probably gonna go to the distance. And essentially, his last three wins are by decision, so it shows he's not really much of a finisher. So you're gonna get a better number on Moreno over one and a half rounds. You can tip it for those that aren't familiar with betting MMA fights. It's a three round fight. You can bet if it's gonna be finished in under one and a half rounds, or if you think it'll go the distance, or it'll be over one and a half rounds. Um, I think you're gonna get a much better number on Moreno betting the over one and a half rounds, or that it'll be go to the distance. You know what I mean? Because um, Moreno is zero. I don't think there's any chance that Moreno finishes Roy Val especially if he doesn't finish him under one and a half rounds. So I think that's a pretty safe bet. I like that bet a lot better than I like the money line bet. But if you're just betting the num the money line, who's going to win? You don't want to, you know, take, you know, go out on a limb of saying when they're going to win or how they're going to win. If you just want to bet on who's going to win, I do like Roy Bell at the plus 165. I, um, I really do. I think he's going to get a submission victory here. I, I really do. Yeah, you heard it here on Dreadful Talk. I'll shout out to BB Boys. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But yeah, sitting here on Wednesday, the fight's on Saturday. I could very easily see Roy Val, Raw Dog Roy Val, winning by submission. I, I could definitely see that happening for sure. Um, man, th this 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 next this next fight, I wouldn't really 
bet it personally if it was me like if i was sitting there at the william hill counter you know picking which fight to bet on i wouldn't choose this one but i do want to kind of go over it because i know mauricio shogun rua hua is a you know a, a very popular name some casuals may want to bet on him and i'm here to tell you not to don't bet on that name way past his prime um old um Paul the Bear Jew Craig is, is a young lion on the up and up. Um, but yeah, this next fight, Mauricio Shogun Hua. And yes, it's spelled Rua, R-U-A. The, in Brazil, they pronounce R's like Mexicans pronounce J's. So like Hua instead of Rua. Or like you may remember last week, it was Rafael Dos Anjos versus Paul Felder. And... Most people say, don't you mean it's Rafael Dos Anjos? Like, no, in Brazil, the J's and the R's are like kind of like swapped, I guess. Or I don't know. But I've watched enough UFC to know that the, the Brazilians pronounce their R's with a huh sound. So it's Mauricio Shogun Hua, plus 150 underdog versus Paul Craig, minus 170 favorite. Um, if you're going to bet the money line... I mean, minus 170 is a pretty good number. I, I think Paul Craig's going to um, do really well in this fight. Um, like I said, I think Rue is essentially done, you know, getting by on, on name and past accomplishments. Um, but obviously, all, you know, older fighters, you know, have the fight IQ. So that, that it, that's always in their back pocket. It could always, if it gets into like an IQ chess match kind of fight, that's going to fight for the, the older fighter. Um but, um, so they actually already fought once. Um, they fought on November 16th, 2019. So almost a year to the day from this fight. Um, and it was a split draw, which is pretty damn rare. Um, becoming less and less rare, it seems, um, with these judges, goddammit. But they fought on November 9th, or November 16th, 2019. And it was a split draw. So this is a rematch. That's always interesting. So there's, they, they know each other. They know kind of, you know, their styles. Um, that can typically lead to a slow first round. In a lot of rematches, the first round or even the first two rounds can be kind of slow. Um, so, But it is a three-round fight, so they don't have too much time to bullshit around. Um, Hua is 1-1-1 one, one, and one in his last three. And, yeah, that draw was to Craig, so... He, besides the Craig fight, he was one and one. Not super impressive, but obviously not garbage. He's, one and one is what it is. And then plus the draw with Craig. Um, Paul the Bear Jew Craig, and I'm not just saying Bear Jew, that's actually like his fight nickname. Um, he, he's 2 0 oh, and 1 with the, 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 the draw obviously being the, the Hua fight. But uh, his, other, his other two fights that weren't Shogun, he won them both. So he's, he's coming in a much hotter fighter. I think that's fair to say. Um, Craig, I think I think if you're going to bet the money line, minus 170. Like I said, I know you're kind of eating a little bit there, but it's not horrible because I do think Craig is going to win the fight. So, I mean, it's kind of a sure thing. I mean, who could always, you know, pull the Wiley veteran move or something. But I just... I think at this point of their careers, Craig is, is, is the, the you know the the better fighter. That, that's who I would bet on. So straight money line. I mean, not a ton of confidence. Maybe one or two units of confidence on Craig on the money line. Um, I, I think you can get a lot better number on Craig betting that he'll win by submission or take take the over one and a half. 
for what I said a second ago about the um, the what I said a second ago about the um, the rematch factor. There, I see a very, very low chance that this is a quick finish for either guy off the pure simple fact that it's a rematch. And typically in rematch, guys kind of, there's like a feeling out process. They know, I don't know, guys super typically don't come out of the gates firing super aggressive in rematches. Could obviously be wrong, but just that's what kind of history has shown us that the precedent has been set in rematches. Typically a little slow starting. So I think whoever you're betting... Whoever you think is going to win, bet the over one and a half for them. I think you'll get a much better number because I, especially like if you're going to bet the underdog Hula, if you bet him at the over 1.5, you'll get a huge number. And that'll, because I mean, if you're good, if you're going for the underdog, you're probably only doing it for the money reason. And if you're going to do that, you might as well go over one and a half because there's, I don't think there's any chance in a rematch an old ass fighter is going to come out of the gates and finish a young stud like Paul Craig. So I, that would be my bets. I like Craig in the money line, but I like um, Craig by sub and over one and a half rounds. Like, I think you could cash out a lot better on that number. Um, but yeah, we'll keep it pushing. Cheers to everybody still watching, everybody you know that, that supports you know the movement of Dreadful Talk and Beefy Boys Breakdown. Thanks, here's to you. All right. Next fight, um, Cynthia Calvillo um, trains out of San Jose, so I always, you know, like to show her love. Um, versus Caitlin Chikagian, who who we talked about a little bit when we were breaking down, you know, the um, preview of the Shevchenko Lipsky fight. Um, but yeah, Calvillo's the minus two sixty five favorite, which I feel like is a pretty steep number. Like, like I. I think Calvillo will win, but I, I I wouldn't necessarily love betting that minus two sixty five to be honest. Um, Chikagian's plus two twenty five, so like I said, Chikagian hasn't looked impressive lately though. Like I think her best days might be behind her. I think that you know she's not necessarily firing on all cylinders right now. Calvillo, though, she had to back out of her last fight, I believe. So, I mean, who knows how she's doing health-wise. I think she may be coming off an injury. It's a little dicey there. That's why I just, I don't necessarily see the minus 265. Obviously, Vegas knows a lot. They know what they're doing. Um, they obviously know probably more than I do or, you know. Um, but I don't really understand that minus 265 here. Like, I, I, I think Calvillo will win, but I just, I'm not as confident as Vegas, I guess. So, I guess that means that. You know, I'm kind of like I'm not leaning Chikagian plus two twenty five, but it's just that's why they do that money line. They make it, they set that number for a reason because it makes you think. Like, like I like Calvillo to win the fight, but I don't like betting her at that number. Like betting Chikagian, I mean, I don't think you'll win the bet, but if you do, it'll be more worth your time at that plus two twenty five. So I don't know. Not the biggest fan of betting this fight in general, but I do think Calvillo will win for what it's worth. Um, let me see. She, Calvillo's one, one, and one in her last three. That's another reason why I'm like, why is Vegas so confident in her? She's one, one, and one. So one win, one loss, and one draw. And her last fight, she had to back out of due to an injury, I believe. So she's coming off an injury. So I just don't. That's that's why I'm sitting here saying like, it's not that she's not a good fighter, but just one, one, and one coming off. I think a toe injury. 
Why is why is Vegas loving her so much at minus two sixty five? I mean, maybe they just hate Chikagian that much. Like maybe they're just like, I, yo, like Chikagian is not looking hot right now. Yeah, so Chikagian's one and two in her last three. Um, but I feel like her level of competition was much better. So like Calvillo, I don't really feel like fought any like elite killers, and she's one one and one, and Chikagian's one and two. But her losses are to the champion, um, Valentina Bulichevchenko and, and Jessica Andrade, who are both, um, you know, obviously Chevchenko is the best in the world, and Andrade has been fighting really well lately. So it's, that's why I, I don't really understand where Vegas arrived at this number at because I said Calvillo, it's not like she's on a heater and she's coming off an injury. And then Chikagian's been losing, but she's been losing to killers. So, I mean, like... Like I said, I wouldn't really bet this fight. I, 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 I like Calvillo, maybe like one unit's worth, but what's the point of betting one unit on a minus 265 favorite? If you know betting, you know what I'm talking about. It just doesn't make, you're not going to, if you do win, it's going to be barely anything. So like what, kind of what's the point? Like I said, I would much rather, like if you're wanting betting advice, I think the Lipsky-Shevchenko fight and the Roy Val-Moreno fight are both much better fights to bet with much more predictable outcomes and much more established trends. Um, like this Calvillo and Chikagian, like they're both so up and down and inconsistent and coming off injury and losing to good people or beating not so good people. It's like, what do you value more? It's, it's a very murky fight, but Vegas seems to feel very strongly about it. That's what I said. That's, that's interesting. But so they probably know something I don't, but what I do know, I don't know about that. Two more fights. Um, these next fights are going to be both for um, belts. Um, both not super great fights to bet, but I wanted to go over them um, mainly just because they're for a belt. And, and it's fun and that's important to the sport of you know mixed martial arts and in the league of UFC and, and the promotion of UFC. So I don't like betting these fights, but I do like talking about these fights. All right, so we got Jennifer Maya fighting Valentina Bulichevchenko for the women's flyweight belt. Both the women's and men's flyweight belts are up for grabs um, on Saturday. I think that's kind of fun they did that. Um, women's flyweight, we talk about it on um, Beefy Boys all the time, that it's like kind of a weird division. It's like the there's a ton of bantamweights and there's a ton of... of um, of straw weights, 115, but flyweight is kind of like that forgotten women's division, and especially because Valentina Shevchenko has been so dominant for, for a while now that it's it's kind of like not the most, like people are just like, what's the point of fighting 125? You're just going to end up having to fight Shevchenko anyway, which is kind of what we see here. So Jennifer Maya is a plus 900 underdog in a championship fight. Which is wild. Like we see plus nine hundreds, but it's usually on like like a prelim or like like you know definitely not usually for a belt. Like that's wild. That means, and then Valentin, Valentina Shevchenko is a minus thirteen seventy five favorite. For those for the layman, for those that aren't really into the betting, what that means is you have to bet $1,375 on Shevchenko to win $100.
That's how confident Vegas is that she's going to win. So, that's why I said this isn't a good fight to bet. Because, I mean, Shevchenko's going to win. And, I mean, if, she, if you bet on it, you're not going to win. You're literally going to win like pennies on the dollar. It's just, it's not a good fight to bet. Um, I mean, if you want to just, you know, piss in the wind and, and, you know, take a Hail Mary on Maya plus 900... That means you bet 100 to win 900. So obviously you can hit it big, but it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen, folks. Uh, Valentina Shevchenko is one of the more dominant champions of, of, of this era of, of my UFC fandom. So I don't know. I, I, I heavily agree with Vegas on this one. I wouldn't really bet it. Um, maybe you can get a better number on the under 1.5 um, for Shevchenko if you want to make it interesting. Um, but, uh, I mean, so Jennifer Maya is two and one in her last three fights and her loss was to Chikagian. So that's why this division is so like murky and kind of confusing. Cause it's like Chikagian is not really doing that hot, but she was the last person to beat the person challenging for the belt. And so, and then that, that kind of makes you kind of question Maya, like, well, if she can't beat Chikagian, how is she going to beat essentially the women's flyweight goat in Valentino Chepchenko? So yeah, I mean, Chip, um, Jevchenko's on a four-fight win streak. Probably longer than that, honestly. Maybe not, but at least four. I think I only looked four, and they were all wins. Um, and then, so here, here's how, because you may ask yourself, or I, I was asking myself, if, if, if Maya's a plus 900, why the hell is she even fighting for the belt? Like, how is she getting this shot, this title shot? And, and I just, I wanted to know, like, how that even happened. Like, that doesn't seem to add up to me. And um, so... Originally, Calderwood and Shevchenko were supposed to fight, but the fight got canceled. And then, in the meantime, Maya beat Calderwood. So I guess the matchmakers are like, well, you beat the person that was going to fight her, so I guess you fight her. So it's, I don't know, it's not the greatest, like, fight, uh... I mean, like I said, maybe if you want to bet the under one and a half rounds or, or Shevchenko by finish or, you know, it's... I mean, that'd probably be the only way to get a halfway decent number and make it interesting at all. But that's still probably not that great of a number, to be honest. Um, but yeah, so he said, definitely wanted to talk about it. Belts on the line. I think you're going to hear a, and still, at, at the end of the fight, for sure. Um, definitely don't see the belt changing hands there. So I think Shevchenko definitely holds on to it. I mean, minus 1375. You got to be a bold motherfucker to bet against that. I mean, minus 13.75, except in a title fight. I mean, you really don't see that. I mean, I, I, I've seen like minus 1200 in like lower end fights or, you know, um, like a, like a ranked fighter fighting an unranked fighter at a last minute, like replacement or something like that. But you use, you really don't see that championship. Vegas is so confident. So, yeah, I just would not bet against that. And, I mean, if your bankroll is big enough to make money on a minus 13.75, then do you, brother. I mean, I think it's a pretty safe return. But, Jesus Christ, I mean, you better have deep pockets for that. And then this last fight. This last fight's going to be interesting. I, I think... I think this next fight I'll just introduce it. It's um, Alex Perez plus two fifty favorite or plus two fifty underdog. Excuse me, plus two fifty underdog as the challenger versus Davison Figueroa, a minus three hundred favorite. Um, 
And this is for the, the men's flyway, or the men's, yeah, the men's flyway, 125. Um, this is the smallest men's division. Um, and, man, Figueroa's a bad motherfucker at 125. Like, uh, he, 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 the power he possesses at that weight class is, is really crazy. Like, it doesn't look real when you're watching it. Like, it just, it's like, how is he able to hit harder than all the other tiny dudes? But he just, he, yeah, it's like he has bricks in his gloves. He just, he has so much power for such a small man. Um, I gotta say, so this fight was originally supposed to be a few weeks back versus Cody Garbrandt. And I'm honestly so glad that Garbrandt fight didn't happen. So like Garbrandt was like, uh, he was, he was like a bantamweight, which is 135, one weight class up, uh, 10 pounds heavy. He was, Garbrandt was fighting, but it's not like he was the best bantamweight, like not even really by a long shot. I mean, at one point he was, but I mean, he's kind of definitely past his prime. Like I think the sports like definitely caught up with him. Like, these weight classes are evolving, so he knew he wasn't about to do shit 135, so he he tried to make the cut down to 125, and I don't know if he couldn't make the cut or if he got hurt or what happened, but Gar Cody Garbrandt, the tattooed up, I don't know, you'd probably know him, he's a pretty big name, and I think that's the only reason he was going to get this title shot was based off his name. These lower, the, the 125 weight class doesn't have a lot of name, cachet, pop. Uh, not hard. It's kind of hard to sell pay-per-views. Um, I don't think this pay-per-view is going to do that well, to be honest. But uh, they, so they were trying to just draw interest by throwing him a name and Cody Garbrandt. They can say that's not what they were doing, but that he was not deserving of that title shot. And I'm honestly, as a UFC fan and as somebody who has a UFC podcast, I am glad that that fight didn't happen. I don't think Cody Garbrandt deserved it. If he somehow got that win, I don't think he would be kind of like a fraudulent champ in my opinion, but I don't know. So I'm glad that fight didn't happen. So that fight didn't happen. I forget the exact reasons why it didn't happen. But now he's fighting Alex Perez. I said Alex Perez plus 250 underdog versus Davison Figueroa for the men's 125 flyweight belt. Perez is 3-0 in his last three fights. Um, and his last win was a TKO leg kick over Formiga. Um, so you got to be a bad motherfucker to, to um, get a TKO off of leg kicks. Like, that's dangerous. And, and it's a good way to fight a guy that has insane power like Figueroa. Because if you keep him at kicking distance, if you're hammering those legs, A, that's going to impact his boxing footwork. And then B, you're obviously like, if he's at kick range, he can't punch you. So I think that's going to be the game plan is, is obviously to chop down the tree ki leg kicks for days. I think that'd be his best shot at winning the fight. Um, and City, obviously, he's pretty. All right, I'm back, y'all. I'm sorry. I don't know exactly what happened. But um, so, so, yeah. Previewing this Alex Perez Davis and Figueroa fight. Um, Figueroa's four and zero in his last four fights. Um, he beat Joseph Benavidez back to back in his last two fights. So like that's badass because that's hard to do. That's hard to beat a guy twice back to back. Like usually in a rematch they'll fight. Maybe they'll go fight somebody else. Maybe one, maybe two fights, and then they rematches usually later, like a couple years later. They they fought back to back. It's hard to it's hard to beat a guy back to back. But Davis and Figueroa did. I watched the last one. Man, he hit him super hard and then ended up finishing with rear naked choke. But, uh, yeah, Figueroa's power, that's what the night I became a believer in it. Um, 
I think that power is is the is the deciding you know factor. Um, I think if you know minus three hundred is not a great number, but I think if you wanna you know bet if you can bet the knockout or bet the finish or bet maybe I don't know. Maybe the minor, the under, or because this is going to be a five-round fight, so you can get under two and a half. That gives you more time for that bet to actually happen. That's better than betting the under one and a half, betting the under two and a half. Maybe you, I'm sure you can get a much better number than the minus 300. I do see Figueroa winning this one. Like I said, minus 300. I mean, it's not the worst number, honestly, for, for a guy like Figueroa, but I think he keeps his belt and still. Definitely here and still. But, um, I mean... Leg kicks have been proven effective towards all. Uh, I mean, for a lot of underdogs. So I mean, if if he can really, like I said, his, his um, Perez's last victory was a TKO from leg kicks. So if he can be even, you know, seventy five percent of that effective against Figueroa, like if he can just beat the fuck out of Figueroa's legs and keep him at a kicking distance and just you know not let him, you know, have that touch of death. Close to him, I mean, he. I, I could see there. there's a roadmap for a Perez victory. Like, this isn't the Shevchenko fight. The Shevchenko fight, I'm like, there's no way in hell Maya's beating Shevchenko. But there's a path to victory for Perez. Uh, I just, you know, Figueroa's high level, like I said, has insane power. If, if, they, if it gets in boxing distance, I mean, Figueroa's, I think, going to have a field day. But, uh... Yeah, UFC 255, it's going to be a lot of fun. You can actually tune in to the next episode of Beefy Boys. It'll be Beefy Boys episode 25, and you can kind of hear if my um, predictions came true or not. So it'll be like kind of like, you know, like like when you get your test back from your teacher and you guys all go over the answers and see which ones you missed. You, you, you can grade me. Go ahead and grade me. Let me know how I did in the comments. But, uh, but yeah, I definitely, like I said, we don't really get to do much previewing on Beefy Boys. So I wanted to take a second to kind of pivot um, and do a little bit of that on this episode of Dreadful Talk. But uh, but yeah, if you're interested in sponsoring either one of the podcasts, please reach out by via DM. Uh, same goes for if you want one of these amazing t-shirts. Um, thank you. Shout out to Denton Visual on the t-shirts. But uh, but yeah, if you want to purchase a t-shirt, if you want to become a patron on Anchor, go to download the Anchor app or go to anchor.com and find the podcast. You can become a patron. We appreciate everybody's support everybody's support. And yeah, thanks so much for tuning in, everybody. Have a good rest of your week.